Hello, Johnson. How are you doing? I'm good, Andy. Good. Really good. You? Yes, yes. Uh, winter is back. After a short uh, spring uh, season of a couple of weeks, we have snow again. I heard this, you have some snow in London too. Well, put it this way. I chickened out yesterday. I was going to go for a run. And then I looked out the window and it started to sleep. Uh, so, mm. <laughs> I might I might be wanting some extra, not resilience, but extra layers to get out there. Yeah, you need some extra layers. Yeah, <laughs> running in the sleep. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, same here, same here. A lot of snow now. Um, winter is still persisting. Wow. Very resilient winter. It's, it's the ability to bounce back. <laughs> I think I think winter is being uh, listening to us. Um, okay, uh, so today is a. It's a topic I know very little about, but I have read many people from a movement like, let's say, transcendentalism or existentialism, and you have a number of authors, and we're not going to be talking about them, but as far as the topic is concerned, that's what I know about, and the topic is awe. Yes, A-W-E. A-W-E, and that's an, that it's not an acronym, it's the word awe, you know, like I'm in awe of something. Yes. And uh, it, it might be nature, it might be, you know, it might be something that you are looking at, yep. some, something transcendental to yourself. And yep. today I want you to really explain, because I think you have had amazing experiences in your life with awe. I mean, probably a lot of people listening to us watching us right now have at some point in their lives experienced that all i mean sometimes we just don't know what to do with it what does it mean when you have those experiences so the first question for you is what exactly is all okay so I'll, I'll give you a textbook explanation or definition first okay because all is, is a really difficult thing to describe. So a textbook would say, awe is an emotional response to a vast stimuli that transcends your current frame of reference or your current frames of reference. Let me put that into to, um, simpler language. Let me give you an example. That, that might be a better way of doing it. So a couple of years back, I went sailing with a, with a friend and we hired this boat and we we're out um, going down the Dalmatian coast of, of Croatia. And we sat one evening and we looked at the sun going down. And all you could do is sit in silence and go, wow, that is all. So awe is not something like, ah, I'm feeling happy or I'm feeling joyful. It's not some wonderful, uplifting kind of thing. It is simply words come to mind like massive, majestic, timeless, where you just sit and soak in everything that's around you. But at the same time, it makes you feel tiny. It's like there's a big 
it, whatever it is. And there's a very small me there. That to me is what all is. Is that something that is related to nature? Or is always related to nature, something outside you, or can be something internal that you internalize? It, it is usually found in nature. Okay. Um, so I'll give you an example. Uh, there's an astrophysicist who wrote a, a, a book entitled The Smallest Light in the Universe. She's called Sarah Sagan. And in it, she writes about why she loves stars. And this is what she actually said. She says, stars are light. Stars are possibilities. They're places where science and magic meet. Windows to a world greater than my own. She says, stars give me hope that I might one day find the right answer. So for her, stars or sense give her that sense of awe and like you can see where she's coming from for other people it it might be running so if 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 you're when i i listen to guys like rich roll talk about ultramarathons or, or triathlons and they say they run and they run and they run and at the end of it it's like you get you get what acknowledges that the runner's high, but as suddenly you get to the top of this hill and the world opens up to you. So one can find it in, in nature for sure, but you can also find it in music. You can find it in, in books that are very descriptive. You can find it in pieces of art. Um, so there's loads of different ways of finding it. I think when you, when uh, listening to you right now, what came to my mind is one of my favorite uh, quotes by uh, T.S. Eliot, where he says, we shall not cease from exploration. And at the end of all exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. Yeah. And that, that for me is awe or, or the state of awe. And I think I love that um, quote, you know, that is, it's the exploration that we keep coming back and time and time and finding the place as if it was the first time. Yeah, and that, that is so, it's like childlikeness, isn't it? There's a innocence to it. There's a beauty attached to this. So what you're describing is really it's a, it's a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. But but in that, when when we talk about it in terms of resilience, there, there's huge benefits to be had with in finding all. Yeah, because I mean that's a good point. Because I was gonna actually bring that back to resilience because some of our listeners or or those who are watching us on on YouTube. Yeah, uh, might be saying, okay, wait a minute. Are you guys going to be talking about resilience still? Because this is the series that we are running. So, how is it linked to resilience? If if one of the the elements of all is a sense of time, or rather the opposite of time, is timelessness. So, if ever you sit like I did with my friend, and you're watching 
the 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 sunset is like a time standstill. The 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 places I've been to in the world for me mountains are the place where you just sit and you look at this huge rock in front of you, mm. and all you get a sense of is the movement of time over centuries and you can see layers of, of contrasting rock etc so that timelessness piece of of awe what that does for you mentally is that it it reduces short-term thinking and it increases a, a perspective um, and in terms of resilience how that links is that it's suddenly, it's like you're free. There's no pressure of, of whatever you're, you're facing at the present. And we all have pressures at the present. You know, whether it be job, whether it be relational, whether it be health, whether it be something that we need to, to work on, decisions to be made. When you get a sense of all, everything else disappears. It's like they're like mere shadows. And that gives you a peace. And the peace of that allows other things to happen. It allows you freedom. It allows you to be more resilient. And that, that's a key link between the two. It's, it's very much transcendental to whatever you're living at the moment and yep. you detach yourself from that reality of the time and the moment, yep. and when time loses its grip on you, nothing else matter, right? Correct. And that, that word is so important. It's transcendent. It's suddenly, it's, it's the difference between flying under the clouds and flying above the clouds. But there's also another key difference to this is that, you know, we've, we talked about in in terms of mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And you might say, well, isn't that kind of like uh, mindfulness or meditation? And I say, yes, they are linked, but awe is different in that I don't empty my mind of, of thoughts, for example. Or if you're, if you're mindfully meditating, you might, Somebody might say to you, well, you follow your breath, okay? And you feel yourself breathing in, feel yourself breathing out, or, or imagine it like waves coming in and out. Or just, just watch your thoughts come in and out. And that mm -hmm. sort of is, is like a, it's like control. You are controlling it. You are trying to direct where your mind is going. But yeah. awe is very different because I'm not trying to control anything. I'm not even watching anything in my mind. It is like if everything explodes outwards. Yeah. That, that's a huge difference between mind and spirit. And at that, that moment, it also appears that nothing else, there is problems cannot hold you, right? 
or situations are not strong enough to hold you because you are captured by something greater than yourself. Exactly. So there is a, there is a very good book I read many, many years ago by Johnny B. Truant. He said, uh, the name of the book is The Universe Doesn't Give a Flying F About You. Yep. Uh, it, it's a mouthful <laughs> title with, a, with an F word in the middle. But he says like, I don't know about you, but looking up in this, into the sky, on a clear night is enough to give me existential chills. Yeah. And in looking at the universe and looking at how small we are, yep. what is the point of worrying about anything? Yep. Which, we're nothing yeah. but a speck in the wind, right? So, so if you, in the state of awe, also help us to position ourselves in existence yeah. In regard to time and space, yep, and everything around us, right? Yep, exactly. So I, I like I like that. You know, you can imagine where you stand in the universe if you see yourself as that tiny person, that tiny self. But the, one of the key, and then you come back to what it what is all and how does it make you feel. I have to say that. One of the things I've experienced is, is that being small doesn't mean you're worthless. Mm, it's, it's, not a, it's not a negative thing in any form. Absolutely. Of it's, it's not denying that, that, you know, who you are. It is I am small in relation to X in terms of the universe, mm -hmm. in terms of of God, in terms of uh, this mountain, whatever it is, I am small, but it is okay. Mm. That that small self is okay. Mm -hmm. And that's important as well. Because how, uh, how one can, how one, how one can, I mean, if, if, if we are now listening to this talk and this conversation, which is for me, very captivating, and, and it changes me, and it touches me yep. in a very deeper level just by talking about how can one cultivate that? Where, where, where can you one find it, and how can it be cultivated? Okay, so that, that makes one big assumption, and that I believe to be true, that assumption to be true, that you can cultivate. And that's important for anybody. Say, well, just to know that you can cultivate. This is, this is not some guru sitting on top of a mountain saying, oh, I found ore. And you're there thinking, well, that's all nice, all well and good for you, but what about me? I, I don't have 50 years to go sit on top of the mountain, not there's anything wrong with it or... or you want to shave your head or you want to dress in a particular way or you want to have flags around you and think yeah that's all well and good for you but i'm a normal person i have to say to you we can all find hope and that's the second element of it you have to find it mm -hmm. you have to do something to reach towards to look for places of hope and it doesn't need, mean that you need to have enough money to go get on a yacht. It doesn't mean as, as at the moment we, we, um, 
we can't get out there and, and go. Not everybody has access to the mountain that you look at every day, or even the Welsh mountains or the Scottish mountain. Not everybody can do that. So there are ways and means of, of looking. And the first thing is to say, to look. The second thing to say is that awe is usually time-based. In the sense that when you're looking, you need to, to immerse yourself for, I would say, 15 minutes or more. Whether it would be running along some track or sitting at some place, you need, time is a, is a key element of it. When you give time, you will find timelessness. Mm. Oh, that, that, let's, let's capture that. I love that. I'm gonna post on Instagram later on. <laughs> when you just said is amazing. Okay, so, so can you repeat that for us? I wish I could. <laughs> so if, when if, you lose time, you find timelessness. When you give time. Oh, sorry, when you give time. You will find timelessness. You find timelessness. That is amazing. That's amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about Julie Brand? Julie Bard, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So Julie Bard is, is, a, is a person that I came across who, who actually has found awe in a way that I, I would not have expected. So she, she's an author who writes um, for the New York Times. And one of her practices over the years is to go early morning swimming. So about seven o'clock in the morning, pre-COVID, you'd, you'd see maybe 100, 150 people swimming off a beach called Manly Beach in Sydney. And she would say, you know, there'd, there'd be all of us going there and we're, we're not experts. We're not, we're not trying to win a race. We just want to get out there and do something different. And she says, in her words, let me just read it for you. She says, it's, it's not just close encounters with marine wildlife. And that is something that will take you far away of your old, from your ordinary life. But when something else happens, when you dive into a world where clocks don't tick and inboxes don't ping, and as your arms circle and swing and pull along the edge of a vast ocean, your, your mind wanders. And as she puts it, you experience awe. Or experience when you witness something astonishing, unfathomable, greater than yourself. She says it ventilates and expands our concept of time. Mm. And that's, that's how she has found all. And I, I think that's why I say it's another example of how we, we can find all. And, and, then, and then what does it look like for you? What are the elements of all? The, the awe, like I said, the, the elements of awe is, is nature, for one, for, for sure, is a big piece of it, okay? It, it is immersive in that it, it's a, this, 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 this person has described, it's like you dive into a world and you are surrounded. Nothing else is there. 
it is complex. There are so many little different nuances and contrasts. It's like when you look at um, one of my favorite pieces of, of artwork is, is Rembrandt's um, The Prodigal Son. And you, you just sit in front of it and things just come to your mind. You look at the different colors, the different shades, the hues, the contrast between uh, a figure that is bent over another figure with love and compassion and all these things start to come out in it because it's complex. And so the great masters in art understand that. It, it's truly complex, it, it's immersive, it's, it's, uh, it, it's so hard to describe what it is because it is vast. Well, I think in that way, I think art, generally speaking, you can sit for hours in, in some museums in London, for example, or if you go to yep. Victoria and Albert Muse Museum, and there's so, so many beautiful sculpture there and, and some other museums, and then you can sit and then you spend a long time yep. or the yep. Royal Gallery or other museums around London or even around the world, you know, and then you just sit in front of those piece of art and it's so much that you can get from it. Exactly. But in, even in that, there's a trap. Because mm. I've been to, to art museum. And you know, if you go to an art museum, you think, wow, I've got, I've got an hour to spare. Or I've got two hours or even three hours if you've got a lot of time. I've got to try and see all that I can in that time. Mm. That in itself is a trap because mm -hmm. you lose all when you try to capture too many things. Mm. It's not you about know, quantity. It's not about quantity. It's not about, you know, it, the, the 50 places in the world you must see before you die kind of stuff. And you're following a list where you say, yeah, yes, I must see the Rembrandt in this room. I must see the Renoir, I must see the Da Vinci, I must be, you know, I'll give you an example. You know, most people go to the Louvre to, to look at the Mona Lisa. And it is said that, again, most people, when you get to the, in front of the Mona Lisa, what do they do? They pull out their camera or they to take a selfie. It is not about looking object in front of you is looking about me facing the object and you will not find all in that way mm -hmm. because most people I don't know if you ever seen the Mona Lisa the Mona Lisa is a piece of work it's tiny it's really small it's not it doesn't fill up a whole room and so a lot of people walk away from looking at it what's so special about that because you, you've missed all in the process. You miss the details. You have to, to really immerse yourself in it. And that's a hard one to do in that piece of work because it is small. So all doesn't, doesn't come from, from searching several different things. It's about giving yourself to a particular space and place. Yeah.
if I said to you, you know what, you can actually go out of your living room in the middle of London, in the middle of Hong Kong, in the middle of wherever, and if you find a patch of dark sky and you look up, you will go wild if you wait long enough. Mm. No, I'm, I'm always amazed when I'm, I've got two mountains here in front of me uh, and I love mountains. That's one of the reasons I moved to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And I have a mountain at the back of the, uh, you know, the house here. And every morning I go and then the mountain looks at me in a different way, depending on where the light is, Yep. And if it's snowing or not, and depending throughout the day, the mountain changes. And that moment in time, you are, you transcend. Yes. It's almost like you become one with a mountain or with, yeah. with, with nature in front of you. Yes. Right. I think there is a very good saying in that uh, book, The Little Prince, that it's only with the heart that one can see rightly. What is essential is invisible to the eye. Yeah. What and that is for me yeah. the expression of awe, isn't it? Yes. But is it is it a spiritual or mental thing? Is it a spiritual or soulful thing? What is, what 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 is your view on that? I actually think it is both. Mm -hmm. It it's when it, it the two things start to circle each other. So remember I said, it's, it's not mindfulness where I'm trying to control my mind. It, it's actually about freedom. And let so, go. And well, even letting go is a, is a, is a difficult phrase to use. It, to me, it, it's, it's not applicable in that I don't consciously let go. Mm -hmm. Where, wherever you are, are, the wow bit of that almost forces you to let go or your hands or your fists go like this and you don't even know you've let go mm -hmm. that to me is, is where whatever you you you're facing you're looking at it it allows you to let go and so i would say to you always is when the soul starts to fly and the soul Flies in places your mind can't comprehend, and when you you can't comprehend it, you can't figure it out, and you don't even try to figure it out. You just look at it. You just breathe it in. It's, it's, it's where the freedom to move from from mind to spirit. And here's the thing: if if you sit there long enough, things will come to your mind the mental starts to come back in a, in a full circle. So yes, I, I may sit there and I may wonder at creation and my mind might go, isn't it amazing how this thing has been around for thousands of years? And I wonder how that rock has changed or what forces have, have pushed into that or how many people have fought over this piece of land? Whatever it is, things will come to your mind. But you're not, you're not starting at a mind place. You're not starting with a mental. It, it is truly spirit. You forget if, if, like me, sometimes to find that place, I walk up mountains. 
You can forget your legs hurt. You can forget you're tired. All of these things happen because of where you're at. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that is amazing. Um, for me now, the question that we have before we finish is, so what? How does that all relate to me today? How, how does that relate to COVID, to lockdown, to bad weather, to kids shouting and screaming around the house to, to pay the bills? How does that relate to my environment, where I am today? Yep. If that is your situation. That is something that perhaps is coming through your mind if you're watching us. So I think it's very important now, Johnson, for us to relate to people where where they are, to relate where we are. Even today, I was asking questions to myself about time and space, about situations, and you know, is it is it flights coming? Shall I when when do I go to the UK or when do I go and sort these out? When yep. can I support my family or my mom? We also live since an elderly woman living in another country by herself. So there's so much things in our mind, so much questions right now. Yep. So how does all relate to where we are today in the midst of the pandemic, you know, where there's a lot of questions in our minds? Okay. So there, there's an equation that, that I found. It is this. Stress plus rest equal progress. I'll say it again. Stress plus rest equal progress. So all of these things that you've described, all of these decisions we have to make, all this thing about lockdown and kids and jobs and all that, that's stress. Progress is, yeah, you can understand progress. The bit that, that we need is the rest. The rest comes from awe. Awe is a big piece of rest. If you can find complete rest where, oh, wow, that is what gives you complete rest. That gives you freedom from stress. So in order to, to think clearly, to be more resilient, you need to find rest. You need to be able to say, okay, there are no phones ringing. My inbox doesn't ping at me. And that is where all fits into the equation. So I would say here, stress plus all equals progress. Complete rest is found in the place of all. That is a missing element that sometimes we forget we have to define complete rest. Or you think you're in complete rest. Now, I, I'm sure, like, you'd go to bed and think, I'm going to go to sleep. And you'd lie in bed and you'd be thinking, yeah, like you said, I need to, how do I book the next slide? What's happening with my parents? All these things just flood your mind. I guarantee you, you find a place of all. There is no flooding of the mind with anything else. That is complete rest. 
And if you find that place, and it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm not prescribing 40 hours of war. It can be 15 minutes. It can be sitting in a park, for example, and you can find, that is so awesome. Look at that tree. Feel that breeze blowing through your head. You're here. Close your eyes and listen, whatever it is, and then open your eyes and you're still in that place of all. That is rest. And that's the link that gives to, leads to resilience. And this is a very much a key aspect of our lives today, where we are. I think the Stoics, they practice, one of the tenets of Stoicism is, is what is called memento mori which is remember yeah. that you are mortal, remember you're dying, remember you're going to die. So I think it, the state of awe is also a contemplation that there is very little you can change, but there yeah. is much that you can actually accept and embrace and love and be surrounded by it because eventually you will die. But right now in the present moment, you can allow this state of awe to take hold of you and you open your eyes to see the things in a different way. Exactly. That gives you freedom in, in, from a lot of the, the angst that we feel. We have a lot of ex, ex, existential angst. Can't even say the word, those big words. But <laughs> it's it, amazing. It, it does free you. It, it absolutely. No, this is, it's been an amazing uh, episode with you, Johnson. Thank you so much. Another great episode. And uh, I'm looking forward uh, already for for the end uh, in terms of when we get the book together and uh, people can actually read again and, and you know listen to it and and go through it because it's, it's something that you can you have to revisit right resilience is something you build gradually into your life and you practice and you grow and there's so many components and elements to it so thank you so much i appreciate if you're enjoying this time please share with your friends also be part of the community come to our uh community the momentum community uh, and be part of the journey with us. So I would love to hear more about you, from you, uh, your story also. So please share, like, or comment, follow us on different social media. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Johnson, once again. You're welcome. We'll speak soon. We'll, speak, we'll speak soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.